We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us live. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version, thank you as well. So uh, happy to be here to preview the Chargers and Texans game. Uh, Going to talk about the Pro Bowl as well. And joining me to do that tonight, as always, are my guys Tyler and Alex. Alex, back in the States with a fresh haircut, a new Chargers shirt. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going good, except we must talk about the elephant in the room, which is an obvious Pro Bowl steal. No, I'm not talking about Austin Eckler. I'm talking about the fact that Matt Gay got in <laughs> in the Pro Bowl over Eagles kicker Jake Elliott. I am fuming about this, and I will write a letter to Commissioner Goodell shortly. <laughs> That's fun. You can have uh, you can write that letter, man. Uh, Matt Gay, best kicker in the league outside of Justin Tucker. Um also here, uh, Gabe Neighbors and Kaiser White. Uh, you know, that's fun as well. Tyler, how you doing, man? Yeah, apparently, according to Pro Bowl voting, we have Gabe Neighbors as an alternate, and Kaiser White does not even make the cut as a starter, as a backup, as an alternate. So it's really unfortunate. Um, as far as all this news goes about the COVID list and everything, listen, you know, I'm just glad Mike Williams and, and Jared Cook can't catch anything. Otherwise, they would have had it by now. <laughs> Well done. Well done, sir. Um, yes, we will talk about the COVID list too. Uh, as I mentioned, though, have to talk about the uh, Pro Bowl voting first and foremost. Um, the Chargers are sending six players to the Pro Bowl. Of course, uh, those of you who are listening now know which players those are, but it's Derwin James, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, Corey Lindsay, Rashawn Slater. Uh, and who else am I forgetting right now? Did you say Keenan Allen? Did I say Keenan Allen? I'm glad I wasn't paying attention to you. <laughs> Wait, Keenan Allen, Derwin James, Rashawn Slater, Justin Herbert, Corey Lindsley. Yeah, so it's Derwin, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, Corey Lindsley. Oh, Joey Bosa. I think I forgot okay. Joey Bosa, but uh, it's all good. Six Pro Bowls, five voted as starters. So uh, Keenan Allen was not voted as one of the starting wide receivers, but you know he is on the list. Uh, let's start. Let's focus in on the six who made it. Uh, and then we'll talk about some of the snubs after that. But Tyler, uh, first reaction to seeing the six who made it. That's fantastic. I mean, the Chargers pointed out that I think this, they had the second most guys who made it and the fifth or the, and the most starters with five. So that's fantastic for this team. I guess Rashawn Slater was the first rookie tackle to do it since Matt Khalil in 2012, I believe. Big deal. I mean, really, really big deal. If you look at that, at least in terms of these guys, they're all first round picks, which is you know good. You want to hit on your first round picks. Um, obviously, Keenan Allen is the third round pick, but you know I'm happy for them. I, I wasn't sure if Justin Herbert was going to make it. I'm actually surprised he led the way in Pro Bowl votes over someone like a Patrick Mahomes, who just anyone would really vote for. I know Chargers fans are kind of rabid voters, but it's a it's a league wide thing. So I'm surprised he made it. But really good list. Everyone in that group is very deserving. Yeah, I, I think it's a good list. Um, it, we'll talk about Pro Bowl alternates later, which is a which is a <laughs> wacky list. Uh, but in terms of the six that got in, uh, I think they were all deserving. It. Corey Lindsley is playing like the best center in the league. Rashawn Slater is playing like one of the best left tackles. Um, and the fact that we have 
two offensive linemen in the Pro Bowl, let alone one, is <laughs> is insane. As someone who's been covering this team for uh, five years, so that's yeah, we usually don't get too many of those uh, around here. So I'm very happy for that. Obviously, Justin Herbert, uh, Justin Herbert being the starter, um, I think is yeah more of the surprise yeah. than anything. I, I did not quite expect that. I thought it would be Patrick Mahomes. Thought it could have been Lamar Jackson if they wanted to go that way too, based on fan voting. But I think Justin Herbert is a very deserving candidate in that regard. Um, then you go down the list, like Joey Bosa, Derwin James, two candidates that are very deserving, and Keenan Allen's a lock every year. So uh, I think that everyone who got in deserved it. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Justin Herbert. One of the Buffalo writers actually pointed out that Josh Allen was the leading vote getter up until two weeks ago, and then Justin Herbert wow. passed him, and then uh alan fell all the way out of the the event so i, I assume that he gets in as an alternate because uh, i figure one of these quarterbacks will be playing in the super bowl but uh it, it definitely is notable that you know in his second season he, he is the afc starter in the pro bowl he was voted as such um shout out to all the chargers fans who voted shout out to the oregon fans who voted who are now chargers fans because of justin herbert um and it really is just a testament to you know how well he is playing and how well he is respected around the league and you know this this is a fan vote sure but you don't get to be the leading vote getter in the conference by just having your fans vote like you have to have other people vote for you as well so i think that kind of shows how uh popular justin herbert is becoming and of course you know the pro bowl isn't what it used to be but it still is a big deal for these players it still is a big deal for the league and i think justin herbert absolutely deserves that um and, you know, when we uh, did this preview show or the 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 show leading up to the season and we were predicting kind mm-hmm. of who had a good chance of getting their first Pro Bowl, you know, Corey Lindsley was, uh, I think Tyler mentioned him specifically. Uh, that was a layup, first Pro Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, it was a layup. But, you know, offensive lineman voting is hard, man. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. so hard to get offensive linemen into the Pro Bowl unless you're like truly, you know, like one of the physically imposing, you know, a Tyron Smith, a Trent Williams kind of player. And so... Uh, for Corey Lindsley to get in and to get voted as a starter is a huge accomplishment. Uh, of course, he's also up for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. I tweeted this out earlier today. He's basically allowing one pressure every 81 snaps as opposed to uh, whoever was starting for the center, whoever was starting at center for the Chargers last year, which was allowing one pressure every 20 snaps. Uh, so Corey Lindsley has been worth every single penny, and it's been so much fun to watch him play. Uh, absolutely deserving there. Yeah, and it's not even just like, oh, two Pro Bowl guys and then everybody else. I mean, Matt Filer was just as deserving, in my opinion, of either guy on either side of him. He didn't make it. That's fine. It's a fan-voted thing. But, you know, it, it's a very, very good core moving forward. And Ode Abushi tweeted out, you know, congrats to these guys. Don't think he would have made it, but just the, the makings of a good offensive line and what they had at the beginning of the year was just something really special. And I really hope they continue with that uh, next year. Yeah, so as for the two offensive linemen, Fernando Ramirez tweeted that this was the first time that they had two offensive linemen make it since 2006. I assume that Mm -hmm. meant as not an alternate, because as Curtis Davis points out in the chat, Mm -hmm. uh, Mike Pouncey and Russell Kung did make it. But I think Okung was in as an alternate, if I'm not mistaken, that year. year. Um, One of them was an alternate. Which year was it? Was it 2018 or? 2018, yeah. So obviously that is a, a huge you go from having the worst offensive line in the league last year uh, to two Pro Bowl starters, which is a huge accomplishment for this team. How many of these guys do you think make all pro then either first team or second team, I guess? Uh, I think Derwin is a shoe in for all pro. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. Joey is in a tough situation because you've got, you know, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, mm-hmm. his brother. I, I think Joey could get second team. Uh, of course, not playing this week is going to uh, hurt his cause a little bit because this would be a big time <laughs> stat producing game for him. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. But I think Derwin is a shoe in. I think Justin and Joey have a chance. Uh, I think Corey Lindsley has a chance. Um, mm. And Rashawn Slater kind of an outside chance just based off of, uh, you know, there only being two teams. You only get one left or two left tackles. So uh, I think Rashawn's kind of on the outside looking in. But I would say Corey has a chance. Joey has a good chance. Derwin's a, Derwin's a lock. And then Justin Herbert probably is a, on the outside looking into. Yeah, I think it'll be close either way. But um, yeah, I mean, I could see theoretically 
all of them kind of being on that all pro list. Um, they're all deserving in that way. And uh, definitely think it should be Corey Lindsley and Derwin James and everyone else will kind of fall into place. I'm curious to see if Justin Herbert sort of being the Pro Bowl starter, even if that is on the back of some fan votes, if that will also correspond to what we see when the media members vote for the all pro stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. So we have our uh, first super chat of the day by courtesy of Josh MD, aka Slater MVP on Twitter. Shout out to Josh, longtime supporter of the show. Uh, Chargers fans voted in a ton of pro, pro bowlers, more season tickets than in San Diego, uh, and the best Chargers crowd against the Chiefs in over a decade. Discuss. I personally, none of us were at the game against the Chiefs. Yeah. It sounded electric on TV. Uh, if you watch the all in episode, episode today, Matt Money Smith uh, said it was pandemonium inside the stadium after that last Chargers touchdown. Uh, mm. So the Chargers fans have really showed out this season and really kind of started with the Cowboys game where it was essentially a 50-50 split, according to my own eyes. Um, and I, I think that narrative of the no fans thing is slowly dying down. And of course, we need more performances, more showing out like uh, last Thursday night. But you know, I, at, on TV, it sounded like a crazy, crazy atmosphere, uh, and it makes me happy because that's how it should be going forward. Yeah, that's the loudest I can remember the crowd on TV in a very, very long time. And it wasn't like it was 100% Chargers fans. Whoever showed up, some say it's like 60-40, 70-30, whatever it was. I mean, there's multiple times on the broadcast where Mahomes is covering his helmet, and those shots are forever. Like, you can't say, you can't pretend there were no Chargers fans there because somebody is making him do that. So congratulations to everyone for showing up. And yeah, I think this is the last year we really have to talk about the no fans thing at this point. That whole StubHub thing is behind us. Um, considering the way that we vote for these guys online and the way that the Chargers fans are now showing up and more will show up next year, we can finally put this thing to bed. I think it's over. Yeah, I think it's over too. And uh, I, I think the only people who were pretending that there weren't Chargers fans at that game were probably Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Um, <laughs> maybe they were pretending on TV. Yeah. Um, but no, that, that was definitely an impressive showing, especially because the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Raiders, you know, kind of repeatedly came into StubHub and took over that place. Uh, so I thought it was very nice just to have everyone kind of in that stadium. And I think as long as the team keeps winning, then fans will keep showing up. Um, and so Chargers are an eight and sixteen. They're you know, basic. They have one more home game left against the Broncos, um, and then you know we'll see if they potentially get some, probably not, but potentially some home playoff games down the road. Never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, no, definitely that Broncos game will also be an opportunity for fans to show out too. Yeah, and I've seen a bunch of people, including uh, the Chargers PA guy, mentioned that. Rams games are rather boring. Uh, so that that's you know speaks to kind of what the Chargers are doing too in terms of the production and everything. Uh, so again, if you haven't been to a game this year at SoFi, of course, like Alex mentioned, there's only the one left. Uh, but you know, it is over a holiday, holiday weekend. So if you haven't been to SoFi Stadium, uh, I would highly encourage you to get out there. You can use our link at tickpick.com uh, slash charge for a $10 discount to kind of help make that happen. Uh, If you want to go to the game this weekend in Houston or the game in Vegas that uh, Tyler and I will be at as well, uh, TickPick is here to kind of help make that happen. So, again, that's TickPick.com slash charged uh, for a $10 discount. So, uh, that being said, we have to dive into this specific matchup. And, uh, unfortunately, again, we have to talk about freaking COVID, uh, which is not going away anytime soon, apparently. Uh, I saw a meme today on Instagram where it was like, COVID is not going to last that long. And then it said COVID and had a picture of Tom Brady's entire career of his profile picture. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) had to laugh at that one. But, you know, the Chargers have 10 players on the COVID list. Uh, The Houston Texans have 18. So both of these teams are kind of going through it. Uh, And, you know, of course, you look at the up and down the Chargers list. Uh, and it's most of the Chargers' key players. You know, Joey Bosa and Corey Lindsay are Pro Bowl players that we just talked about. They're on the Pro Bowl, on the, on the Pro Bowl. They're on the COVID list. You know, Jalen Guyton on the COVID list. Chase Daniel, Joe Gaziano on the COVID list. Austin Eckler on the COVID list. So there is, unfortunately, a ton up in the air for this matchup. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, there is a chance that all these players play outside of Joey Wilson and Kimon Hall because they're unvaccinated. That being said, I guess how confident Alex are you that any of these players play? 
uh, given the new protocols and kind of what do you what kind of stands out in terms of uh, replacement plans if these players all do miss? Yeah, I'm not really sure about confidence levels that they play because I don't really know what the new protocols are and I still think the league is figuring that out. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if they are symptomatic, they have to test negative still. So um, it's very rare that COVID leaves your body in like two or three days. Um, I know <laughs> yeah. that was like the Rashawn Slater week where people were like, maybe it'll just magically go away. Um, usually it doesn't work like that. Usually it does take up to 10 days. So um, I don't feel terribly confident that any of them can play, but they are vaccinated. So there's a chance that you get a couple of them back off of the COVID list. Um, so that would be good. As far as like uh, confidence for the game and, and the depth, I mean, they should be very confident because it's the Texans. <laughs> like, I guess if there's any week where COVID was going to hit, like you'd prefer it to be this one. Sure. And the Texans are dealing with their own COVID issues you know, having a worse roster than the Chargers to begin with. Um, and, you know, you talk about Brandon Cooks, like that that's kind of their entire offense. <laughs> like, So, I mean, them, us missing Austin Eckler, as much as that might be, a, a you know, a bad thing and a pain in the ass, like, I mean, relatively speaking, I think them missing Brandon Cooks is a lot worse for what he means to their offense. So um, it, it could go, you know, a lot of ways, depending on which combinations of players play ultimately for this game i think they should be okay either way um the concerning element is the fact that i think chase daniel got covid um in the qb room and you know <laughs> we were sort of talking about you know is that sammy justin herbert could test positive or he'll be a close contact doesn't look that way yet um but my alarm bells don't start going off until uh, a time where they place herbert on the uh, COVID list but until then um yeah. they should be pretty fine against this texas team yeah, I agree. It's not like the Chiefs where they potentially could be out a number of players against the Steelers who seem to be relatively intact at this point. I mean, not only are the Chargers playing a lesser team, they're playing a lesser team that also has COVID issues. And right now, if Cooks doesn't play, you know, their leading receiver and their leading <laughs> rusher have a combined like 500 yards, which is like, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm sure Jared Cook has almost that many yards. Uh, so I I'm not particularly worried. Whoever steps up behind them, will step up. I do think this team, you know, against the Chiefs, a lot of backups did have to come in and they fought really, really hard. Granted, that was prime time and against the Chiefs and a very tough opponent and a must-win game. Um, but I do think Steely will have these guys ready to fight. So whoever it is, whoever shows up, they'll be ready. Um, I honestly wouldn't mind seeing Eckler and James sit regardless of COVID status. I hope they're you know activated off the list. But if there's issues with any kinds of injuries or lingering stuff, this is kind of a game you can pull your guys um, I'm actually just curious at what point did they consider rescheduling because the Rams got hit pretty hard with, I think, 25, and, and both these teams right now are at a total of 28. I'm just curious at what point they consider rescheduling. Does that happen if Herbert goes down? Um, because, I mean, at some point they might be at 15 and 20 apiece. So, but if not, you know, I, I have full confidence that they can they can pull this off because I just, the Texans are terrible. They're, they're just bad. Like the, I'm going through the list of guys to try to find key matchups, and it's like, who the I've never heard of these people before. <laughs> yeah, obviously, uh, you know, we did our homework for this episode, but uh, the Texans are pretty much dead last in every category that you could look at in, on the offensive side. I, I think the defense is okay. Uh, they've kind of you know lived off of turnovers, but their offense, man, is essentially throw it to Brandon Cooks, or I don't know what the hell it's to do. Um, so not having Brandon Cooks for them is is really kind of insane. I was texting uh, Arjun today, and I was like, can you look this up? Because I, I don't know if I, there's a way to look this up. But the, the gap between Brandon Cooks, their wide receiver one, and Nico Collins, their wide receiver two, has to be like the biggest in the league because Nico Collins has like 350 yards receiving, and Brandon Cooks is over 1,000 yards. So um, it's just incredible. I, I did an interview with uh, Jordan Pun, a.k.a. Texans Thoughts, um, he kind of talked about the way that they are manufacturing targets for uh, Brandon Cook. So if you missed that, uh, please go check it out. In terms of the Chargers COVID list, I think to me, kind of the, the, the only worry that I have right now is the Chargers pass rush because uh, right now you're looking at uh, Uchenna and Wosu, Chris Rumpf, and Emma K. Egbele as the three starting edge rushers for this team, uh, unless Chris Rumpf is able to clear uh, the COVID list. But 
outside of that, like I trust Scott Questenberry to play, you know, in a spot start again over uh, instead of Corey Lindsay. I trust Just, Justin Jackson to be a spot starter. Um, but man, the the edge rusher depth without Chris Rumpf and Joey Bosa is is a little worrisome. Uh, but again, the Texans are awful, so there is that is the kind of the good thing. Yeah, I guess the transition just from, uh, you know, talking about edge rusher depth, like, uh, I think this is a big game for Chandon Wosu, um, you know, kind of going into key matchups and stuff like that. You know, we've sort of talked about him, I think, as a guy in the last six games that has 20 of his 34 pressures in those six games, three of his four sacks uh, yeah. in that same time span as well, a bunch of QB hits. So um, he's been playing really well, but I think this is the first game from start to finish that he'll play without Joey Bosa this season. Obviously, he played without Joey Bosa for most of the second half against the Bengals. Um, but yeah, this is a big kind of contract game for him. Um, and I think if he does have a good game, even if it is against this Texans offensive line, which is bottom five in the league, it's it's very not good. Um, I think that this is a game where he can rack up some of those stats and then show that he is kind of worthy of that contract extension that we've been talking about. So that's kind of one of my more macro narratives heading into this game but obviously um yeah this is a big game for chris rumpf too in the spot that he can step up in uh and even someone if like uh, if, if he plays um and mm-hmm. even someone like mk Egbele. uh so you know there's kind of spots to win uh, i guess at this point no, no one that's really gonna like move up the depth chart but there's playing time available and so i guess those guys gotta take advantage of it yeah, some people are asking about Kenneth Murray. Like, oh, is this a breakout game for K9, Kenneth Murray? Um, I mean, if there's the a game for him to break out, like, <laughs> oh, geez, Stephen. Man, I was going to more optimistic than you. Um, I think there's a chance, like, he can get his first sack. Like, if Davis Mills sure. retreats too far into the pocket or tries to spin out away from pressure, and then he's 10 yards behind where the ball is snapped, and then Kenneth Murray is also unblocked. There's a chance that I think Kenneth Murray can get the sack there, um, but yeah, it's not it's it's not great. I was watching some film with Gavino Borges from Chargers Wire, and it's just like I don't know what to tell you. This is definitely an off season thing. Can he improve? Sure, but it looks bad right now. I'm really interested to see how they manufacture pressure with potentially yeah. you know three of their four starting edge rushers out for this game. Um, they sent Chris Harris Jr. on two blitzes against the Chiefs. And he got home twice, not as a sack, but as a pressure. And I think one of them was a quarterback hit. Um, I think another one was, the other one was a quarterback hit too, but he didn't. He technically bring hit Mahomes, Mahomes twice. Down. Yeah, he just didn't bring Mahomes down on the other one. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just everything they do with Kaiser White, Drew Tranquil. So we'll see how they manufacture pressure because, you know, the rotation's already not good against the Chiefs when Bosa and Mosu go out. And then it's Rumpf and Murray. That's kind of scary and dreadful. But for Murray to have to go out and play edge for 50 something snaps potentially. I mean, listen, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying they'll have a career day, but they're not going to get pre- have any pressure coming from that side. Yeah, um, it's 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 indicative of the situation that I totally forgot that Kenneth Murray plays edge now. Uh, and we're just <laughs> like, uh, Rumpf, Egbley, uh, who else? And it's like, oh, yeah, they're trying that thing with him still. Yeah, I... Uh... I said this when they said that they were going to do this. I thought that it was a mistake. It uh, has not looked pretty. Um, someone tweeted at me kind of like the, you know, a bloopers reel of him, uh, you know, not doing anything well on the edge. And there's this, there's this one rep where he's trying to turn the corner and he literally runs like 15 yards up the field. And uh, Lucas Nying, the offensive tackle is like, okay, like just keep going. Like you're good. Just keep going. Um, so it's not been pretty. Um, Rupin mentions Gaziano or Covington on the edge. Uh, Joe Gaziano, unfortunately, is also <laughs> on the COVID list. So yeah. I think to me, you know, you give Uchenna Nwosu his typical, you know, 75, 80% of snaps, maybe 85 if he's kind of feeling good. You rotate Murray and Egbele as much as you can. And then I think you probably see, you know, them elevate Forrest Merrill and, and you know, kind of have Fahoko and Jerry Tillery kind of rotate on the edge, you know, every few, every few snaps and just kind of mix it up, right? And, and kind of go heavy, if you will. And maybe you get mm-hmm. more Derwin James edge snaps, which I think would be super fun. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's a tough situation in that specific room. Again, thankfully, they are uh, playing the Texans. If they were playing the Chiefs this week, this would be brutal. But, um, mm. 
you know, I, I think they're going to have to do some more designer looks. They're going to have to mix up their personnel groupings a little bit more uh, because Kenneth Murray and Emeka Egle are not like play 35, 40 snaps a game on the edge kind of players. Again, this is kind of the game to see really like if Murray can flash anything, but I think they're going to have to get creative uh, with personnel and their kind of their uh, designer blitz packages. Yeah, COVID's done a lot of uh, bad things for society, but I think bringing back Jerry Tillery on the edge discussion from 2020 uh, ranks pretty high up there. Hey, you know, that could work. He had a good game against the Chiefs, by the way, against a good interior. So I'll give him that. He's, uh, I would much prefer Tillery on the edge than Kenneth Murray on the edge at this point, uh, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, neither stopping the run. So give me the better pass rusher. Very true. So um, in, in terms of uh, other roster decisions and uh, injuries, the Chargers did sign. Uh, I think it's Isang or Isang. I don't really know how to say it. Uh, Bassey from the Broncos. Hey, look, another former Broncos secondary member. Uh, so it looks like he will be taking the place of Kimon Hall, uh, of course, who's already been ruled out by Brandon Staley due to COVID. Uh, so Bassey is somebody that uh, a lot of Broncos fans and, and beat writers were kind of sad to see go. He did just come back from a torn ACL. Uh, his first game back was actually against the Chargers a few weeks ago. Um, so it sounds like he's healthy-ish, um, but I, I think he's kind of in that same kind of role as Kimon Hall, potentially playing a few snaps here or there. Uh, and, of course, the Chargers are familiar with him, given they uh, all used to coach him. Uh, but that really was the only roster decision. I'm curious if they bring in another edge rusher this week. Uh, to sign in the practice squad, maybe bring back a Jesse Lemonier kind of player uh, just for depth purposes, but we'll have to see about that one. Um, and- you drafted, oh, sorry, you mock drafted this guy to the Chargers a year ago. What do you think of him? No, I mean, I, I liked uh, saying basically coming out of college, but, uh, you know, the torn ACL, I think, is definitely something that hampers him. I think he's sure. Pretty clearly depth now. Um, I think he's someone that maybe you give him an off season and maybe he's, you know, in training camp next year. You know, that's something that could turn into something if they, you know, decide that the Tavon Campbell experiment is, you know, over or something or, you know, what they think of those kind of players. But I think he's kind of a, you know, ball hawkish, you know, he's five nine corner that kind of plays uh that style of football that you would expect. Uh and so I think He's kind of an interesting addition, but at this point, it's like clearly a flyer um, versus sure. I think if maybe they had drafted him last year or if he was an undrafted guy that had already been in the system, there might be a little bit more clarity on what his role is. But right now, I think it's kind of TBD, but I, I did like him coming out of college. Mm. And for what it's worth, I think, sorry, just extending from the earlier conversation, Jesse Lemon is on the Lions now. Oh, so we're, we're just toast. <laughs> Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. Like I said, kind of depends on who is able to come back from this thing or not. Of course, uh, to reiterate, Brandon Staley said that Joey Bosa, Kimon Hall are out. Everybody else is considered day to day, uh, given the new protocols. Um, other injury news it does seem like the Chargers will get Asante Samuel Jr. and Alohio Gilman back this week. Uh, it sounds like both of them were close to playing last week, probably would have played if the game were on Sunday. Uh, Sante mm-hmm. Samuel Jr. and Alohi Gilman both kind of posted, you know, we're back-ish kind of posts on Instagram. Uh, so it sounds like those two players will be returning, which of course is, you know, fantastic news. Get them, you know, get some sea legs under them against the Texans uh, and then have them kind of, you know, ramp up the next couple of weeks uh, and, and into the playoffs. No, I love it. I can't wait for Sante Samuel Jr. to come back. And I mean, they've missed him in the secondary and yeah, Derwin yeah. James is out there too. And he's a big part of it. And this year, Adderley, but there's just something about Asante Samuel jr. Just a couple of plays that he would have made. And plus his sure tackling, in my opinion, like they really miss him out there. And I can't wait for him to be back. He just changes the way they play defense and just, and the attitude of that defense. Yeah. I mean, I think he changes the attitude of the defense and, you know, he gives a boost to a secondary who's kind of been needing it. I mean, we've been talking about, like, all right, well, do we fit, like, Devon Campbell in here? Okay. And, you know, then Chris Harris and Devon Campbell at various times have not been playing well and then been playing well again. So I think getting Asante Samuel Jr. back there is a sort of a, um, at, at least a force that can 
kind of stabilize the unit is, is very good. Um, and we'll see where it kind of goes from there. Uh, obviously, you have to hope that he stays healthy and that he doesn't take another headshot, which could kind of be an effective end to his season if that were to happen and, and he got another concussion. So I hope he is kind of fully ready to come back, fully healthy, which I think, you know, Brandon Staley has been very, uh, you know, precocious of when it comes to his players, like you talked about with Joey Bosa, you know, potentially going back into the game against the Bengals. So, um, you yeah, know, I'm excited for him to come back and I hope he's still sort of playing the same way that he was before. But either way, it's a huge upgrade to what we've been talking about with players like Kimon Hall and others needing to take <laughs> snaps at various yeah. times. And now Kimon Hall is on the COVID list, so they need depth. They need starters more than ever there. Yeah, I mean, the, the injuries in the secondary have been costing this team. And I think, you know, if Asante Samuel Jr. and Derwin James and Alohi Gilman, all these guys were healthy last week, then we probably are talking about a different game. Uh, at least, you know, not as quite of an explosive output from Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, he's just been so important to their success. And Alohi Gilman, you know, Tyler mentioned this a few weeks ago, there just hasn't really been any kind of rotation without him there. You know, it's been kind of they've been stuck in uh, the nickel package uh, because they can't put another safety out there because they either don't have a body or they don't have a good body um, to play. And so we've seen some rough games from Trey Marshall, you know, Mark Webb, of course, is on injury reserve as well. So this is a good game for these two get to, to get back. And, you know, Derwin James is still uh, listed on the injury report with the hamstring issue. Uh, Brandon Staley did say that he was feeling much better than he was at this time last week. But if they decide to either limit Derwin James or hold him out completely, then, you know, Alohi Gilman potentially being back is, is that much more important. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, Honestly, if Gilman, Gilman were, well, no, James, he said he had to hold him down. He would have, he would have, he would have had to hold him down, so he wouldn't play last week. But you know, I guess never mind. Having Gilman back is great. Ignore. Uh, yeah. Also, like, I mean, they can afford to have Derwin James sit this game, but like, if he's healthy, like, please play him. I, I do not <laughs> want to watch more Trey Marshall yeah. snaps. I do not yeah. want to watch more of this. Just please get him back on the field if he's healthy. Yes, absolutely, and. Uh, you know, it's it's been so good to see him come back and play most of the season so far, but I uh, absolutely need to see him uh, be healthy and, and on the field. So um, that being said, let's uh, let's get started on this game preview. Um, I, I think kind of the biggest storyline is the COVID issue. So we'll kind of dive right into some key matchups and X factors, if that's OK with you guys. Um, so I want to start this one off because I uh, did not know this was a thing. Uh, until yesterday, but Desmond King, uh, former Charger, is actually the Texans' best outside corner. He's not playing the slot anymore. He is not playing a slot safety hybrid. He is their outside cornerback one. So uh, that is my key matchup for this one. You know, we could talk about some other uh, matchups, but you know, there's so many COVID issues. So I'm, I'm focusing in on uh, Desmond King because he is their outside corner and he's probably going to be matched up quite a bit with Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton. Uh, and I think all of those have, all of those players have skill sets to, you know, take to get the best, uh, get the best of that matchup against Desmond King. So on the season, Desmond King has been targeted 74 times. He's allowed 52 receptions for 580 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he has two interceptions and two pass breakups. Uh, and he's allowing a 91.9% passer rating when he's been targeted. So uh, it's a bad spot for him. He's, I think he's kind of playing as best as he possibly could out there. Uh, but we all know kind of the weaknesses of Desmond King. He's not all that fast. He's not all that big. Um, they are playing a little bit more Tampa too, which kind of allows him to be more of a read and react and tackle kind of corner. Uh, but he's going to have to match up with Mike Williams and Jalen Guyton one-on-one. Uh, and I think that could be absolutely a matchup that the Chargers exploit in this one. Uh, and frankly, uh, I am going to love every single second of it because people <laughs> on this, uh, people in this chat, people on Twitter, still think that Desmond King is good at football, uh, and he is not. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see him get cooked on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. So fifty-two receptions on seventy-four targets. Like, what are you doing at that point? Is that just cardio <laughs> for you? Like every Sunday? Like I, I don't. No. That's. That's wild. I, I I also just feel like, you know, as, as much as we kind of dookie on him for how his time with the Chargers ended, um, like, 
why are they doing this to him? Why are you putting him an outside <laughs> corner when right. that's not what he does? Like, right. you know, I mean, not that he was doing too much better at slot corner earlier in the year in these first four games that I'm looking at. Um, but still, like, I mean, it's better than what he's doing now. And yeah. uh, a game against <laughs> Miami in which he gave up 10 receptions on 15 targets uh, for 89 yards. I assume that was uh, death by cuts to Jalen Waddle. Uh, so that, that seems like a fun experiment for him. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think I, the Chargers can certainly take advantage of this and they're going to take advantage of a lot of the parts of the Texans roster that don't right. quite hold up under scrutiny. Uh, but yeah, no, this is just kind of unfair to uh, unfair to King as a whole. And I mean, yeah, you have to take advantage of him, like Steven said, uh, with the receivers they have. And also, I mean, just, you know, the hype mismatches like i mean geez if you ever get mike williams on desmond king like (laughs) (laughs) that seems like something that'd be fun uh Uh, real quick right there too their other outside corner terrence mitchell mitchell is actually shorter than desmond king they got me out um, there man (laughs) do we just want to go to predictions uh uh i mean (laughs) no (laughs) Desmond King got what he wanted. He tweeted that he, you know, wants more playing time. By golly, he got more playing time. Yeah. And it's on the outside. 580 yards. There's my dog. <laughs> Alex, do you have a key matchup? Um, oh, actually, I do have a key matchup. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Texans' offensive line, uh, which is ranked 30th in the league per PFF's uh, rankings last week. Uh, running backs on the Texans are putting uh, 0.7 yards before contact. Um, so bad. really bad, obviously. And uh, no, I mean, I just think that's something that you have to take advantage of. Um, obviously, I think the name that everybody will kind of remember with the Texans offensive line is Laramie Tunsil. He's out. Um, and it's just a yeah. bunch of guys that they're like trying to throw in there, a combination of, um, you know, sort of undrafted guys, guys that they drafted late. Um, I'm pretty sure, uh, who was the tackle that they took in like 2019? Uh, Titus Howard. Howard. Yeah. And he's like their third string tackle or something. Like he's I mean, playing or... left guard for them now. Oh, so oh he, now he's playing left guard. He um, actually started a game at left tackle after Tunsil got hurt. Mm-hmm. Then they moved him back to left guard. And then the player who they put at left guard at that, or that left tackle at that point also got hurt. So they are lacking in talent up front, and they have had like seven or eight different starting lineups. It's a mess. Uh, just d- directly from PFF, nine Texans offensive linemen have played 190 snaps this season. Only two carry 50-plus PFF grades. Uh, multiple players have sub-40 pass blocking grades. Uh, and then, again, there's a stat about the uh, rush yards that I've talked about where they get 0.7 yards before contact. So basically yeah. uh, the poor running backs there, uh, sorry, Royce Freeman, but uh, you're going to get beat up behind that line. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think this is a game where, as we talked about Jerry Tillery, Justin Jones, Linval Joseph, everyone in the interior um, and even the edge guys that aren't Joey Bosa, um, they're going to have to feast in this one. And, you know, I, th- I think you have to stop the Texans run game uh, to a point. I mean, they're not playing very well at all. And uh, I think you also have to stop uh, their passing game, uh, too. And you have to get to Davis Mills consistently. Uh, So that's kind of my key matchup. And there's no excuse not to do it with how this Texans offensive line is currently constructed, even if you don't have Joey Bosa and Joe Gaziano heading into this one. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, the offensive line, I think the left tackle sounds like a made-up name. It's Jerron <laughs> Christian Sr., yeah. which just like sounds like someone just made up a name on a, a randomizer and threw it in there as their Madden-created character. Apparently, he's playing well. The grades seem to like him, and he's only allowing about two, three pressures a game the last few games, although it seems like he just switches whenever he starts, um, depending on who's healthy. So, yeah, it's a giant mess out there. However, they manufacture pressure. You might have to really manufacture pressure. You just play some guys. <laughs> what am I supposed to say for key matchups in this one? First of all, I don't know who plays. It's like, uh, you know, whoever covers Brevin Jordan, I guess, who I really liked and we all liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he tested a like, freaking awful at his pro day. But, you know, hey, he's a guy who's got a couple touchdowns this year. Um, so there's that. Uh, Rex Burkhead versus the linebackers. <laughs> he's got 207 yards this year. Rushing yards. Like, 
there's not really a key matchup. It's like, oh my god, this is a key matchup. Brandon Cooks is supposedly out. Joey Bosa is out. Everyone's out on different sides of the ball. So yeah, I just get into the 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 quarterback. I guess. I mean, there's really n- no matchup outside of King versus a receiver or our pass rushers versus their offensive linemen that I even care about. That's how bad this game is. My key matchup is uh, the efficacy of the Pfizer vaccine versus the Omicron variant and uh, whether or not we'll have enough guys to play or whether or not the game will get postponed. So that's my key matchup. There uh, there actually was a bowl game that was canceled uh, because Texas A&M didn't have enough players to uh, play in the game because of a COVID outbreak. So uh, it's wild right now. Like the NFL is getting 40, 50 players on, on the COVID list a day. Uh, so I hope all these players are making the smart decision to get vaccinated and get a booster shot because uh, it's being bad right now. Yes. That's all I'll say <laughs> about vaccinations. I already tried this once. <laughs> um I don't know. Are there X factors like uh, what time does the plane get oh. to Houston? Is there? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have something else to say, Tyler? Yes. Yes. I have an X factor and I finally get to talk about him. Okay. 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 Charlotte's hero, Ben DeLuca, I think is officially going to be an X factor in this game. I think he can officially play. <laughs> God, I hope Marshall he's an actor. <laughs> I hope that oh, Tyler God. calls him as his X factor and that even after 18 people with COVID. <laughs> Hey, man, I'm going to give it to him because you know what? Trey Marshall's allowed almost 100 yards after the catch the last two weeks, which is more than 30 yards than the next person on that list. Uh, It's really bad. So I'll take anything else. I know DeLuca has had absolutely zero playing time, and they have tried everything they can to not get him on the field. Um, And he's super unathletic, but by golly, he can (laughs) tackle uh, but I think he'll do a better job than being the worst safety at giving up yards after the catch the last two weeks. I think if you can just be second worst, that's an improvement. Just don't trip three times a game. Holy moly. If you can make I contact think, with someone when they're running, that'd be great. I think we've talked about Ben DeLuca more on this show than Brandon Staley ever has talked about Ben DeLuca in a coach's <laughs> meeting. <laughs> hey, we support our players. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Just don't be awful, Ben DeLuca. Um, you know we'll, we'll see if uh, I do hope that he does play. Or you can see him be an X factor. Um, but I guess my X factor in this one is uh, potentially Maurice French. Uh, if Andre Roberts can't go, I would expect that French gets uh, an activation to be the return man. I feel like uh. That would be the smart decision, at least. Uh, you know, not doing the whole KJ Hill and Larry Roundtree thing again would uh, be fantastic because I think Maurice French actually has legitimate return man chops. And so we saw Andre Roberts kind of uh, spark the Chargers offense uh, with that 70-yard kick return to start the game. And then uh, the Chiefs wisely did not kick to him again. Um, so... I guess TBD there, but whoever is returning for me is is kind of the the X factor this week because, uh, you know, the special teams unit still has some issues, particularly the punt block team. Uh, but the returners, the return units have been steadily climbing up the rankings ever since Andre Roberts has been on the team. And so if he's unable to play in this one, uh, then it's either going to be a rude awakening back to KJ Hill, Larry Roundtree, or maybe an exciting Maurice French game. Uh, I think they've activated him twice, so they could use the COVID elevation for him. Uh, and uh, I think that'll be fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'll go if we really want to do another key fa- matchup X Factor thing. Um, Let's hear it. Davis Mills. Uh, do we want to talk about Davis Mills? Uh, he... No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, so he started off pretty bad this season. He had uh, zero touchdowns and four interceptions and the one loss to Buffalo. Um, And so for the season, he has 10 touchdowns and nine interceptions. But if you look at his last four games, he's actually put together five touchdowns and two interceptions, which isn't terrible. Um, That offensive line has given him 10 sacks in those four games. So there's that. Um, But. His passer rating, 92.4, not bad. Uh, and his completion percentage is uh, 66. So, you know, I mean, Davis Mills can kind of ball a little bit, uh, or at the very least, 
be a game manager. Um, probably not enough to win when Brandon Cooks is out. And God, I'm forcing this. I'm I I don't I don't I don't. It's the Texans, dude. Just win this game, please. Hey, the X Factor actually might be Pro Bowl alternate Gabe Neighbors at this point. <laughs> hey, well, uh, Steven Anderson is on the COVID list, so Gabe Neighbors will actually play in this one. Yeah, he earned a Pro Bowl alternate <laughs> playing 36 snaps this season. So you know what? He might double that in this game. I mean, that's efficiency. Pro Bowl alternate <laughs> 36 snaps doing nothing. <laughs> Honestly, such a disservice. We didn't talk about the snubs, and that's my mistake. But Steven Anderson being listed as a tight end was a big mistake by the Chargers because I think he would have Mm -hmm. a legitimate case for being at least like the second alternate for the fullbacks. And we all know that we would have gotten behind him if he were listed as a fullback. But he was listed as a tight end, and so he didn't have any chance of making it. Yeah, yeah no, but, I, but Jared Cook is a Pro Bowl alternate, though. Uh, <laughs> who yeah, that's, who that's in this something. chat is voting for Jared Cook as a Pro Bowler? <laughs> I want names because that is so ridiculous. Well, but J- Jared Cook gets on those things where they're like, vote for our entire offense, and then Jared Cook gets on that list. Okay, so, that I get that, but then how did Matt Filer not get voted on? Like, isn't, he, know, isn't it like Slater, Filer, Lindsley, Herbert, like? Whatever. Look, I, I don't. I don't, know how, I don't know how they're counting the votes. Or, I don't even know what the percentage breakdown is because in like the NBA, it's like okay, well, thirty percent of it is the coaches, ten percent is the fans, or something. Like they don't even give us the breakdown. They're just like vote on Twitter, and we'll just tell you who gets it. <laughs> like this is how it is every year. So I don't know, but yeah, there's definitely some interesting stuff in those alternates. Yeah. Um, just to point out really quickly. Uh, the list of chargers who are alternates. Um, Austin Eckler is a second alternate, um, which I think is, you know, unfortunate. I think he should be higher on that list. I think he should be in the game as a starter or whatever. Um, Mike Williams is a third alternate. And then uh, you guys mentioned Jared Cook and Gabe Neighbors. And then Linval Joseph is a fifth alternate. So I, I wish Matt Filer would have been on there. Like I, like Tyler said, uh, I, it looks like Austin Eckler has a good chance of getting in there, depending on who gets into the Super Bowl. But uh, yeah, I feel, feel like he should have made it on first vote. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Austin Eckler thing I think is interesting because I actually, it's very weird. I mean, it's the NFC AFC thing with the constraints that they do because they're like, well, we have to pick three running backs from both conferences, even though James Conner is averaging three point seven yards per carry on one hundred eighty seven attempts. So, but we have to put him in the Pro Bowl uh because touchdowns, yeah. maybe touchdowns yeah <laughs> that's the football thing but it's just like okay well yeah i mean if you just listed who the six best running backs were this year you would put jonathan taylor in you would put austin eckler in you would put uh mixon and chubb, chubb and chubb, all those yeah. guys um and alvin Kamara obviously as well uh you wouldn't put james connor in there but he's the third best running back in the nfc so i, I don't know i think that's really what Eckler got boned on. Um, I think you could debate him with Mixon and Chubb, but I do think they lean towards who's the better runner, even though Eckler does mm-hmm. sort of have the multi-purpose thing. Sure. Um, yeah, so Chubb, I mean, Chubb is having, what, a 1,000 yards on 5.4 yards per carry. <laughs> like, I mean, that's pretty hard to keep in the Pro Bowl. I think you could debate Eckler versus Mixon. I think Mixon's at 4.2 yards per carry. He has sort of slogged off the last couple weeks. So that's one that I think you could debate. But um, yeah, I think the real problem is that they put James Conner in this uh, and they just negated, you know, any credibility that they had out of that because it's like, well, we're still doing the NFC AFC thing. I I don't even know why they do that because that one year they were like, okay, it's the NFC AFC players, but we're going to have Michael Irvin coach against Deion Sanders or whatever. Like (laughs) they did that for a while and that sucked. I'm not watching the Pro Bowl anyway because it's a garbage event. Uh, but this is very important for these players. So uh, the fact that they just had these obligatory restrictions where you can't just pick the six best running backs, like I don't get it at this point. And Cordero Patterson did not make it, right? No. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the positional thing too, because he, I mean, technically he be, could be classified as a running back or. I think he was on there as a receiver, though. Yeah, is that? Oh, yeah, really? That's All but right. that's weird because he should be a running back. So because he, he became a running back like after teams had to, you know, put the list mm-hmm. together. And I think that's probably why Steven Anderson wasn't listed as a 
fullback kind of thing, even though he really mm. was the team's fullback from the start of the year. Uh, but yeah. Um, all right, let's get to our uh, – do we want to do bold predictions or do we just want to move straight to uh, league picks? Um, I got nothing this week. I, I could make up something, <laughs> but we could move on to league picks. Well, like, but what even is a bold prediction for this game? Like, is saying the Chargers win by four touchdowns bold? Like, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at the team they're playing. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem that bold. Uh, I hope we don't end up doing this podcast and then it ends up being like a 13-10 game in the fourth quarter, <laughs> uh, which could always happen. But uh, yeah, I just don't think this is uh, going to be too tight. But if one of you wants to come up with a bold prediction out of your ass, because I actually did not calculate uh, what the standings are, and I actually have to do that right now. So one of you All should right. come up with a bold prediction so, so I can carry on and do that. <laughs> Yeah, okay. so I I, uh, I don't think Austin Eckler is going to play in this one. Uh, if he does, he's are you taking limited. Jackson? Yeah, so Justin Jackson, I'm going to take the layup. I'm going to say Justin Jackson over 100 yards rushing this week. Okay, so what? Whatever. I'm just going to go on top of that because who, who fucking cares? Um, <laughs> Justin Jackson, I boldly predict that he will have more rushing yards this game than Eckler has had rushing yards in any game this year. So Eckler's high this year is 117 yards. So all he has okay. to do is get 118. So we're kind of in line with our predictions. I just think he'll get it above anything Eckler's done this year. Um, if he's even activated, you know, maybe it's uh, Kelly and uh, Roundtree or RB1 into RB2 this week because, you know, they feel like it. <laughs> How are we doing, Alex? Am I in the lead yet? Uh, no, you're, it... you're not in the lead, but I am uh, still I am still punching the numbers into my calculator here. Uh, yes. it, it, the picks that will be brought to you by ExpressVPN. Uh, okay, I think well, I, I have, have a question here. I have a question before we get to the picks. Okay. So yeah, if you take, it looks like my internet is fuzzy. You guys hear me okay? Yes, I hear you. Okay, so uh, if you take last week's performance from Justin Jackson out, he would have had 153 yards rushing on the season. If Eckler does not play, what are the chances that he surpasses 153 yards on on Sunday's game? 200%. <laughs> Wait, what was the question? If Eckler doesn't so, play? Yeah, if Eckler doesn't play, Justin Jackson is a clear-cut starter. Mm-hmm. What are the chances that he surpasses 153 yards, which is which was the total of his season up until week 15? Uh pretty possible. Um, like I'd put it at 70, 80 percent. Uh, I don't know what their game plan is though. Like, who knows what Brandon Staley is going to do with Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree? Um, I assume <laughs> they play if uh, Austin Eckler's out, but he always kind of gets freaky with that. Um, they could give a carry to Gabe Neighbors here or there. So I'll 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 take the under on 153 yards, <laughs> but it's very possible given this Texans defense. Yeah, uh, it just was a, a funny thing. Just came to my mind when when Tyler was talking there. Um, so yeah, let's get to some, uh, league wide picks. Alex, update us on the standings and, uh, talk to us about express VPN. Yeah. Uh, Tyler did go three and O last week. Uh, me and Steven, uh, two and one. So Steven stays at the top of the table. Uh, he is here at 31 and 14. I am 30 and 15 and Tyler ever so slowly is coming back. He is 24 and 21. So he's now yeah. just five, five games out after swapping records with Steven. So <laughs> he's still he's still in the hunt. He's like that uh, graphic that they put on Fox all the time. So it only mm. would require another one or two or 0 and 3 week from Steven to get him back into this, which is always possible. I mean, it's Steven. Uh, so <laughs> this is expressvpn.com slash guilty where you can get your free uh, three-month free trial of a VPN network. I'm back in America now, so guess who had to set his location to Mexico to watch the Eagles game last night, baby, and use that NFL Game Pass? That was me. Uh, so I had to do that. And uh, yeah, I, it, I mean, it's a very easy process. You just click it on your computer, and uh, it was very, very fun to watch the Eagles dominate the Washington football team via ExpressVPN and all their resources. They do more than just football games, too. They also do Netflix, Hulu, anything you want from an international 
uh, internet connection, they can do that and get that situated for you. So go to expressvpn.com slash guilty. Uh, who is going first this week? I think it's my turn One to go you first. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's me, then Tyler, then Alex, right? Yeah, I'm last this week. Okay, so uh, I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers over the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'm surprised that the spread is only seven points. Uh, at least according to uh, Yahoo Sports. Uh, so I'm going to take the Packers over the Browns at home on Christmas Day. Uh, should be a fun game, but I expect the uh, Packers to pull away late. Uh, next, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, even with all the injuries, I think Carolina is a terrible football team right now. Uh, and they are trying to do the dual quarterback thing, apparently with Cam Newton and Sam Darnold. So I have no idea what the hell is going on down there. And then uh, my upset pick of the week, uh, I'm going to go with the, okay. Uh, wow, Stephen, not here. prepared for his segment this week, huh? I'm pulling, I'm pulling in Alex, but uh, my upset pick of the week is going to be the Minnesota Vikings over the Los Angeles Rams. Vikings playing at home, uh, always in close games, kind of like the Chargers last year. Uh, I don't know. I just have a good feeling about Dalvin Cook in that one. Uh, so that's going to be my upset pick of the week. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah, it's not going to happen. So uh, my picks are going to be, um, I'll flip it then. I'm taking the Rams over the Vikings in that game. Um, I will take oh, man, that's a really awful one. Some good upsets here though this week. I will take the Eagles over the Giants. I don't like that, but they're going with like maybe Glennon, maybe from and the rest of the yeah. roster kind of stings. And the Eagles are kind of playing well. There's some good upsets here. You know, you could go with I mean the Colts are like only minus one to the Cardinals, I think. So I'm not gonna take that because that seems kind of even. Um, could take Lions over Falcons. I'm going to take Bills over Patriots, though. I think the idea that they're going to get swept this year by the Patriots, eh, I'll take the Bills over the Patriots for the upset. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's those are good picks. Um, are we allowed to take Colts over Cardinals? I, I mean, the Colts are plus one. Um, I'm going to do it because, uh, yeah, I'm greedy and I want to win this jersey. So I'm going to take the Colts over the Cardinals. <laughs> That's my upset. Uh, and go. I hope that doesn't blow back up in my face uh, like the fucking Cardinals who lost to the Lions. Never forgiving Cliff Kingsbury for that one. Uh, anyway. So that's the real reason you're picking the Colts is because you're mad at the Cardinals. Yes, I am mad at the Cardinals. And also it's because I he loves Carson Wentz. Yeah. And also this is like the seventh time or something I wrote with Carson Wentz this season. I don't know why I continue to do this to myself, but Jonathan Taylor seems to be the real deal. Uh, so yeah. I think, mm -hmm. I think he'll get that done there. Um, did anyone take Cowboys in Washington? No. All right. I will take the Cowboys at home over the Washington football team. Um, yeah, the Washington football team just lost to the Eagles uh, pretty decisively, so that tells you what you need to know about them. Uh, they are unfortunately damaged and COVID everywhere, so I think the Cowboys have a pretty good shot at winning that game. Uh, and then for my final pick, um, ooh, does anyone dare me to go to the toilet bowl, which is Jaguars Jets? Oh my gosh. <laughs> of course I do. I'm yeah, double dog dare you, offer. Alex. Yeah. Don't be a coward. Oh, I'm tempted to do it. Um, so, okay, so who's who's projected to win? <laughs> I, I wanted to look up the line for it. <laughs> Jaguar, Jaguars, Jets line. Oh, uh, God, Jets by two terrible. and a half. At uh, home? Jets, yeah. At home, yeah. It started at one. The Jets were favored by one on Monday, and now it's moved up to two and a half. Wow. that That's something. Um... Yeah, I think I'm gonna steer clear of that one. That that <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't seem like the game to go on. Um, not not a ton of great stuff left here. Uh, although, do it. Do what? What Just do you want me to do? Pick the toilet bowl, man. Or that. Pick the toilet bowl. Okay, I'll pick the toilet bowl. <laughs> uh. Jets get the win over the Jaguars, baby. Uh, the, wait, the meat and green machine, the, uh, Robert Sala. Oh, wait, does Robert Sala have COVID? He might have COVID. 
He does. <laughs> Wait. Wait, are the Jets favored or are the Jaguars favored? The Jets are favored. The Jets yeah, are favored by I two and a half. The, I picked the Colts as my upset, and then I picked. Uh, oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, I picked the Cowboys. Um, fuck it. I'll take the Jets. The Jets win at home. The Jaguars are in turmoil, and uh, I, I think Zach Wilson rallies the troops uh, and. Uh, uses his Mormon powers to um, <laughs> overcome the COVID situation there. Uh, and yeah, no, that, that, that sounds good. I will take the jets in the toilet bowl. <laughs> That's nice. Mormon powers are not powers. working so far. Yeah. So, I mean, the Mormon powers they're... haven't worked against Stephen's bronchitis. Uh, so I mean, they have I, I, I don't know they if they'll work not. against COVID. Uh, no, uh, no, surprisingly, uh, <laughs> Utah is very against the, uh, vaccine. So, uh, that's been fun to find out. Um, all right, let's move on to, uh, our predictions for this specific game. Uh, Tyler, I'll let you go first in this one. Uh, let me fix the thing really quickly though. Uh, la, 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 la. Um, jeez. <laughs> I who's playing, guys? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows who's playing? Um, I'm going to assume that both teams end up with identical luck when it comes to COVID list, you know, whatever's. Um, clearly, the difference here is one team has Mills. The other team has Justin Herbert. I'm going to go with the team that has Justin Herbert. How much do the Chargers win by? I don't know. Uh, but I think this team is much worse than the Giants with not a great quarterback situation either and a worse defense. So I'll go chargers like 24 Texans. I'm going to say Texans 17 only because of garbage time. That kind of worked with me when they had, when they played the giants. So I'm rolling with that again, that'll be a pretty decisive victory. Like they'll win pretty big or they'll win pretty big for a while. I think a last minute touchdown or whatever it is could bring things close in the scoreboard. I think chargers win 24, 17. Yeah, um, I mean, it could be 24-17, and obviously COVID could make this game closer than it is if there's more Chargers who get COVID than Texans in these next couple days. We'll, we'll wait on that one. Uh, I'll take the Chargers 30-10. to 10. Um, I just, I, I think we talked about the Giants game, and people were like, is this a trap game that week? Um, and yeah, you could at least sort of talk yourself into that one being a trap game where it's like, well, they have Saquon and, you know, Mike Glennon, uh, he exists. Um, but <laughs> this, one, th- this one is much harder to, like, get your head in the game and trying to, like, talk yourself into an upset or even a relatively close game because now there's no Brandon Cooks. Their run game is bad. Their quarterback is in a terrible situation, much like the other rookie quarterbacks that we've talked about, aside from Mac Jones. Um, so, yeah, no, there's not a lot to go on here. Their coach is bad uh, and has questionable fourth down calls and doesn't really know what he's doing a lot of the time. Uh, and the other side on you know, the other side of the field is Brandon Staley. Uh, so I'm going to take the Chargers 30 to 10 over the Texans. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, I, I don't think this should be a close game. If the Chargers, if this is a close game and or in the godforsaken event that the Chargers lose to the Texans, uh, I will retire from the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as long as Justin Herbert is playing this, in this game, I, I feel like the Chargers should win by 14 plus. You know, the, the line being nine and a half feels about right from a betting standpoint. Uh, I'm taking the Chargers to cover for sure. Um, if this game were being played with a healthy Joey Bosa and a healthy Derwin James, I don't know if the Texans would score a single touchdown. Like, I think their offense is that bad. Um, so because of garbage time, because Joey Bosa is not playing, because Derwin James is not healthy, uh, so I, I think the Texans will be able to get a touchdown, maybe a couple field goals in, in garbage time. Uh, so I'm going to take the Chargers 31-17 to 17 in this one. Uh, you know, I, I think we're all on board and kind of – Getting the backups in there again, like they did against the Giants. Unfortunately, I think the the Texans will be able to capitalize, <laughs> capitalize against the backups, just like the Giants did. So uh, 31-17 is my prediction. Sounds good. We all predicted wins, just like we did against the Giants. So that worked out last time. Not the Chiefs. Oh, I uh, the Texans are awful. So um, <laughs> Yeah, they are. They are uh, awful. They, they've been <laughs> awful. I can't believe they won a, a, even one game this year. 
Well, the, who have they beaten? They beat the Jets and the Jaguars, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, they beat the Jaguars twice, I would assume. So, great job, Urban Meyer. Keep it up. <laughs> I'm just confirming this. Let me look it up. So, they beat the Jaguars in week one, and they just beat the Jaguars last week. Uh, and then they nice. beat the... They beat the Titans in, in week 11. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure. That's that weird. I don't remember that at all. Is that and Tyron, Taylor had, Tyron Taylor had 107 yards passing. Rex Burkhead had 40 yards rushing, and those were the highs of the game. Uh, Brandon Cooks, that was the only game that he has not led them in receiving. Uh, Conley, I don't know who Conley's first name. Uh, he had 37 yards receiving to lead the team. Uh, and they won twenty-two to thirteen. Yeah, um, that's another one of those. Like, if Tyrod was playing, maybe you could talk yourself into the upset trap game. But uh, it's not Tyrod; it's Davis Mills. Uh, unfortunate that Tyrod has not been able to stay healthy this season because he was low-key balling. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was playing well, uh, at least in that first game against the Brown or second game against the Browns. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think the Chargers should cruise to win this one. Uh, and I don't think it'll be all that close, but you know, garbage time exists. So, uh, yes, mascot, uh, the Chargers did get Andre Roberts from the Texans. So the Texans do have a good return game themselves. Um, that's about it. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you know, um, we've seen a return game beat the Chargers before. So listen, you never know. That is true. Um, all right, guys, final thoughts here before we uh, head out for the day. I, I, I See you guys after the game for probably a win. Uh, that's all I got. I mean, hopefully everybody's healthy. Hopefully Donald Parham is okay. Uh, we haven't yeah. had a whole lot of updates about him. Uh, I mean, if everybody has COVID, sucks, but hopefully it's a nice, mellow issue. Yeah, hopefully it's a win and the Chargers play a normal game, uh, much like they did against the Giants. Uh, we need a break from all the stressful Chiefs games that uh, keep us up. So uh, any any easy wins are appreciated. Uh, and so hopefully they get this one. Uh, if we lose to the Texans, we have bigger problems uh, to fry on that show. But uh, no, this should be uh, very much a win on paper. Yeah, a loss to the Texans would be a, a catastrophe, uh, you know, to say the least. So this is a big week for the Chargers in terms of the playoff picture. You know, Alex mm-hmm. mentioned the Cardinals and the Colts matchup. That's a big one. Patriots and Bills is another big one that Tyler mentioned. Uh, you have Ravens and Bengals. So the AFC and a lot of the playoff picture are in, you know, bigger must-win situations this week. And so uh, the Chargers playing the Texans could not have come at a better time. So I think this is... Uh, right when we'll start seeing some separation teams starting to be uh, kind of weeded out. Of course, I've been saying that for like the last month in the AFC, and the AFC <laughs> continues to be drunk. But uh, this is a, a, a very important week for the Chargers, and I think they'll take care of business and uh, hopefully you know, gain a game of separation uh, from the rest of the crowd in the AFC. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're listening to this, please leave us a rating or a review. Uh, as Alex posted earlier this morning, you can now leave us reviews on Spotify. Uh, so Spotify family, please stand up and uh, leave us a review if you wouldn't mind. So uh, that's going to do it for us today, guys. Like Tyler said, we'll be going live after uh, the game on Sunday. And, uh, you know, we hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, enjoy this weekend off with your families. And uh, everyone stay safe. Thanks, guys. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.